Hi there. Have you ever been on a pilgrimage? Emma and I have always wanted to walk the ancient Camino de Santiago. It starts in the Pyrenees at the French border and continues through Spain to the Cathedral of St. James, where James the Apostle is supposed to be buried. And thousands of people still walk the Camino every year. Many talk about it being a very spiritual experience a journey of self-discovery, of drawing near to God. Some will say it changed their outlook on life. In fact, there's a phrase that's used to describe the journey, which is, she began as a walker and ended as a pilgrim. And that's what I'm praying for the journey I'm inviting you on today. It's a different kind of journey, but it's even more ancient and will take us through a series of Psalms called the Psalms of Ascent. And I'm really excited for us to take this journey together because if we will treat this like a pilgrimage and really engage with it, then I believe it will take us to new levels of intimacy with God. You know, there's no other poetic literature that compares with the Psalms. As James Hamilton Jr. has written, he says the Psalms are true history, fulfilled prophecy and enduring praise. The book of Psalms is a school of prayer, a foundation of truth, and a revelation of God himself. We will not master this book, but oh, that it might master us, becoming the pulse to which our hearts beat, the soil in which our souls take root. Recent scholarship suggests that the Psalms were collected and organized to tell a story. They're not just a random collection, there's an order to them. Some of the Psalms were written by King David and reflect his life. Others reflect the history of later kings in Israel and take us up to the time of God's judgment on the nation when the city and their temple were destroyed and people were taken into exile in a foreign land. But then in Psalm 90, we find a prayer of Moses from the Exodus where he intercedes for the rebellious people. And it's a prayer that still applied all those centuries later when a new exodus was needed to bring God's people back to their homeland. And so in Psalm 106, the psalmist reminds God of how he had saved his people in the past and ends by saying, save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations. Which brings us to the section we're going to be looking at in this series, Psalms 120 to 134 subtitled The Songs of Ascent. And these Psalms seem to be describing the experience of God's people as they make their journey home to Jerusalem. In fact, the journey starts in Psalm 120 with the Psalmist still living in a foreign land among a hostile people. And the journey ends in Psalm 134 with the Psalmist now in Jerusalem with God present in his temple and the people are blessing God and God is blessing the people. And it was that journey to Jerusalem that was reenacted every year with a pilgrimage made by Jews coming from all different nations to attend their major festivals where they would renew their covenant with God. And it's a journey, you know, that has relevance for us too, because the Psalms are continually pointing us to Jesus, who is, of course, the ultimate faithful king. He is the one who has saved us and gathered us from among the nations in the ultimate exodus, where he's rescued us from our slavery to the powers of this world, where we currently live as exiles. 
And as we follow Jesus, he takes us on a spiritual journey that will lead us to our homeland and the new heavens and the new earth, where the whole of creation will one day be the temple where we will be in God's presence, blessing him and experiencing his blessing for all eternity. So with that framework in mind, let's now turn to Psalm 120, which is where our journey begins. And I encourage you to have your Bibles open at this psalm so that uh, you, know, you can keep referring to it as we look at it together. Psalm 120. In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech, and that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long I've had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. You know, Psalm 120 may seem like a strange way to start a journey. It's not a happy song, is it? It starts with the psalmist in distress and ends with the word war. Clearly, he's not happy, but he is honest. And he brings his discontentment to God, which is actually not a bad way to start a journey. You know, sometimes we have to experience distress and discontentment to motivate us to take steps in a different direction. Sometimes pain is the prod that's needed to move us forward and upward to something better. Sometimes before we start out on a journey to seek the ways of God, we have to become thoroughly disillusioned with the ways of this world. Have you come to that place yet? Are you fed up with the hostility and the lies? Are you longing for peace and truth? Because that's the place this psalmist had come to. Woe to me, he says, because he was living in Meshech, dwelling among the tents of Kedar. And these seem to be representative places. Meshech is somewhere in modern day Turkey, and tents of Kedar refer to a hostile nomadic tribe on the borders of Israel. The psalmist is lamenting that he's far from his home, sojourning in a foreign land among an aggressive people who hate peace. Not only that, but they were full of deceit, lying all the time. Or as one commentary put it, these adversaries do violence to the truth that they might do violence to people. I want out, says the psalmist. Deliver me, Lord, from their lies and deceit. Is that how you feel? You know, you know, we live in a world where we really don't know if we can trust what we're being told. So many things turn out to be lies. Lies from the media, lies from politicians, lies on the left and lies on the right. Even lies in the church. Pastors whose secrets are being exposed and so we're left feeling deceived. Rescue me, Lord, from all these lies. And then what about all the hostility? You know, so much backbiting, so much anger and hatred, culture wars, gender wars, political wars, church wars, even the threat of nuclear war, war in Ukraine. So many people suffering, so many people in pain, so many people caught in the crossfire and at the mercy of those who seem hell-bent on war. And of course, everyone's fighting for what they say is the truth. Aren't you sick of the lies, the deception, the hostility? Don't you long for peace and truth? If so, then you're ready to start this journey. But we have to recognize that we'll never find peace and truth while our hope is in this world. 
If you're banking on a new government bringing about change, or if you think removing Putin will make everything better, you're not ready for this journey. If you're still wishing things could go back to how they used to be in the past, then you're not ready to move on. Right? We have to come to a place of holy dissatisfaction and discontentment with the way things are. We're like the psalmist. We're distressed about the lies and the hatred and where we're no longer expecting things to get better or thinking things will change. But instead, we cry out to God as our only hope and help. That's where this journey starts. It's us turning our faces to God, crying out to him, seeking him, seeking his kingdom. And all who will turn to God in their distress will find that God has answered them. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me, says the psalmist. And God has answered us. His answer is Jesus. Isn't that where this psalm is pointing us? For all who cry out for peace, like the psalmist, he has answered us by sending us Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. For all who long for truth, he has answered us by giving us Jesus, who said, I am the truth. He's also the way, the path to God. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. He is the way home to God. He's already walked the path of ascent before us. He came from heaven to earth to show us the way. He made a way for us through the cross. And he said, anyone who would come after him must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow him. And taking up our cross means dying to self and dying to this world. It means agreeing with what Paul says at the end of Galatians, where he says, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world, meaning it no longer has a hold on us because we've seen through the lies. We've woken up to the fact that all that the world has promised us is a lie. The lie that we could be as God, the lie that we're in control, the lie that we can make things better. You see, that's where our journey begins. We'll never truly take steps towards God and enter into the blessing he has for us until we're sick of the way things are. It's only when our comfort in this world has been disrupted, our security has been unsettled, right? The lies have been exposed. That's when we're ready to start this journey. That's when we're ready to say goodbye to the old life, the old country, because we no longer feel at home in this world. Like the psalmist, we can say, woe to me, this is not my home. And so we turn to God in our distress. It's what the Bible calls repentance. You know, repentance is not feeling sorry for your sins. Repentance is a decision to start this journey. Listen to how Eugene Peterson defines it. Repentance is deciding that you've been told a pack of lies about yourself and your neighbors and your world. And it's deciding that God in Jesus Christ is telling you the truth. Repentance is a realization that what God wants from you and what you want from God are not going to be achieved by doing the same old things and thinking the same old thoughts. Repentance is a decision to follow Jesus Christ and become his pilgrim in the path of peace. Now, what does it mean to be a pilgrim? The Bible talks about being a disciple of Jesus, where we're uh, seeking to live like him. But what about the pilgrim? 
The men and women of faith that are mentioned in Hebrews 11, like Abraham and Sarah, Isaac, Moses, you know, they're all pilgrims. Some translations say exiles or sojourners, but older translations use the word pilgrim. So in Hebrews 11:13, it says, all these people died in faith, having acknowledged that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Can you say that? Because as it goes on to say in verse 14, those who say such things make it clear that they're seeking a homeland. Right? In other words, this present world is not their home. They desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. A pilgrim recognizes that this present world is not their home. They are, in a sense, passing through. They're on a journey to their homeland because their citizenship is in heaven. But being a pilgrim doesn't mean we become so heavenly minded that we're no longer any earthly good, right? It doesn't mean that we care nothing for this world because we do. We care deeply. That's why, like the psalmist, we are distressed distressed by the lies and the hostility, distressed by the injustice, distressed by the suffering we see going on in the Ukraine, distressed at the violence and shootings we hear about all over our country, right? Distressed at how people treat other people, people made in the image of God. You know, from the womb to the grave, we see violence. There is no peace. And that's why we cry out to God, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Come, Lord Jesus, bring peace to our world, bring peace into our families and situations, into our communities and nations. Lord, we bring it to God and pursue his kingdom on earth. Instead of complaining about all that's bad, we pursue all things good. Instead of blaming others and getting angry with people and sounding off on social media and so adding to the hostility, we take these things to God. Maybe you're having to live or work with people who like conflict, right? Who are always creating drama, who lie and are deceitful. Well, bring your complaint to God. Don't enter into conflict and get angry and frustrated with them. Don't join in with the tribes of Meshech and Kedar. They'll just drag you down. Don't be overcome by evil, the Bible says, but overcome evil with good. If we are citizens of heaven, we need to live like it. Be a pilgrim and take steps up and bring our concerns to God. We can be honest with him, like the psalmist, but it should lead us to pray for peace, to pray for people's blessing, even those who are at war with us, right? That's what it means to follow Jesus and be a pilgrim in the path of peace. And of course, it also means inviting others to join us on this pilgrimage as well. You know, we're not lone hikers. We are a community of pilgrims who are called to be a witness and should be inviting others to join us on this journey to God as we follow Jesus on this path of peace. Not that everyone will listen. I am for peace, says the psalmist, but those he was proclaiming peace to refuse to listen. I am for peace, he says, but when I speak, they are for war. They continue to do evil. And what will happen to such people? Well, the psalmist tells us in verse four, he says, they will meet with sharp arrows and burning coals from the broom tree. The broom tree was apparently known for its long burning wood, which was ideal for making coals. And what he's saying here is, you know, those who seek violence will meet with violence. Those who live by the sword will die by the sword. 
But surely this is also pointing us to the ultimate outcome for all who persist in evil. Because the psalmist is actually foreshadowing Jesus. Because Jesus also came saying, I'm for peace. He came to make peace between man and God, peace between men, peace on earth. When he rose from the dead, his first words to his gathered disciples was, peace to you. He came proclaiming peace. But there were those who refused to listen and who were intent on violence. Those who wanted to silence him. And all through history, there are those who have rejected Jesus and his offer of peace through the cross. All those who are intent on pursuing evil and who continue in lies and deceit. You see, what will happen to them? The psalmist says there will be arrows and burning coals, which is a picture of judgment. Because in the book of Revelation, in chapter 20, we see that in the end, all that is evil will be burned up in the lake of fire. But all who have turned to God, who are seeking his kingdom on the path of peace, will one day arrive home with God, as we see in Revelation 21, where the city of God, our heavenly homeland, comes down out of heaven, and then there will finally be peace. Shalom. No more pain, no more suffering, no more sickness, no more death. We will finally be home with God and will experience his blessing for all eternity. Are you ready to be a pilgrim? Maybe you believe, but you're not following Jesus. You're not really living for him, living his way. Maybe you consider yourself a Christian, but it's more like a, a Christian tourist, just a walker on the path. And God is speaking to you today about becoming a pilgrim. In which case, repent. Make a decision to follow Jesus Christ and become his pilgrim in the path of peace. And ask yourself, what does that mean for your life? What steps do you need to take? What changes might you need to make in how you live? Is there anything you need to leave behind that was gonna drag you down on this journey? As the writer to the Hebrews says, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles as we fix our eyes on Jesus. Or as it says in 1 Peter 2.11, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and pilgrims to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. And let's not neglect meeting together. We need one another for this journey to encourage one another and spur each other on. So, will you join with me on this pilgrimage? Since, Lord, thou dost defend us with thy spirit, we know we at the end shall life inherit. So then fancies flee away. I'll fear not what men say. I'll labour night and day to be a pilgrim. Mm -hmm.